1: Welcome to NFL Total Access, the locker room. Uh, I am Mike Arafolo with me once again. We missed you last week. Peter King and I did uh, Michael Robinson. Welcome back. How are you, buddy? Hey, man, doing great, Jeezy. I missed you,
2: brother. I missed you, man. I had a
1: week off. Had to do some AAU football stuff,
2: man, in Florida. Got some sun in, so I'm good and refreshed, man. Ready to go.
1: Yeah, didn't have you on the pod. Didn't have you on Good Morning Football Weekend, but uh, we are back in business on both of them this week. Uh, Right into it. Let's talk about uh, the last game that we saw. That is the Monday night game, Rams-Cardinals. Um, we had a pod a couple weeks ago where we were talking about just what it was that, that wouldn't allow us to really buy into the Cardinals, right? To really say, yeah, we believe what's happening right now. Probably what played out on Monday night um, was what was why we couldn't buy in. Right. Like just that. Look, yep. You got to win that game. Right. If you're if you're really going to because because there's just not much wiggle room in the NFC for a team that I mean, they were talking about on the broadcast. I, I heard it talked about elsewhere. Do you really think you can go into Lambo and, and win with that kind of football and, and the Green Bay team? Oh. you got to win that game. And they didn't win that game. Mike.
2: No, they didn't win the game. And uh, again, like you said, that was why we had some some trepidation, some caution. Uh, with picking the Arizona Cardinals as the top seed in the NFC. And I thought last night, well, not last night, well, Monday night, when you talk about that Monday night football game, it would, to me it was more indicative of not just what the Arizona Cardinals didn't do, but to me it was what the uh, Los Angeles Rams did do, right? They got Odell Beckham involved. They ran the football. Now, it wasn't for a bunch of yards, but the fact that uh, uh, Sony Michelle had 20 carries for almost 80 yards, like I always talk about, Jeezy, it's not about the yards you get. It's just about when you want to run the football, you have the ability to run the football and get, and get uh, short yardage first downs, get goal line runs, all of those things. And the fact that they ran the football, it showed up in their play-action passing. I mean, that big play to Van Jefferson down the football field, that was a play-action pass. Again, that was a way to manipulate the defense. That's old Sean McVay right? We're accustomed to Sean McVay doing all this, you know, three wide receivers, four wide receivers. He had an extra lineman and did some uh, 13 personnel uh, on Monday night, right? It was a totally different way of doing offense uh, uh, that we've seen as of late for Sean McVay. And I thought it was awesome, right? And I thought he gave, I thought he gave Matthew Stafford some help. Having a run game, having that play action pass game gives the quarterback Help to manipulate the defense, so Matthew Stafford can go out there and hit Odell Beckham. So we can go out there and hit Cooper. It seemed like Cooper Cup had forty-seven targets. Man, I feel like every single time they dropped back, they were throwing the ball to Cooper Cup. But um, he's very involved, very involved in the in the run game, and he runs some of the best routes in the National Football League. I think I think the Rams are getting their football together. Jeezy.
1: yes, just as they're losing people to COVID, uh, Odell Beckham, the latest now, he's on the COVID nineteen list um did they not Jailer? test them
2: last night I mean did they not test them before the game or something like
1: well they've entered advanced pro- uh, enhanced protocols excuse me because I so I don't know he may have been tested because uh they're in the because enhanced protocols means you're going to test every day no matter what which we may be headed back to right and and we may be seeing higher numbers because we're not testing and that's been mm-hmm. the argument from the NFLPA all along is you know we're seeing breakthrough cases let's identify these cases before all of a sudden we've got four or five of them, you know, but the NFL wanted to incentivize those who got the, uh, vaccines, the vaccines, which are clearly becoming less effective by the way, because we're seeing, yeah. uh, lots of positives across the league, which is why the NFL is now encouraging boosters, but now yet for the players round and round we go. I feel like <laughs> we're where we were about a year ago, uh, as far as what COVID is doing to football. Now, look, there's some talk that the Omicron variant variant is, uh, not as deadly as previous ones, which is good. Fewer people dying and getting seriously ill. That's okay, right? We're, I mean, look, now we're beyond football, which you love to do, yeah. by the way, because we, yes. we always you talk know about I like okay? it. You know, I like it, Jeezy. Go there. But man. it, 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 it overlaps. So let's let's have the conversation. We're getting to a point where I hope, and I'm the more I read, the more you're split on this, but you hear some people say, we're getting to a point now where you know COVID's never going away. So we're getting to a point where now maybe it's just going to be less severe, less deadly, and, you know, hopefully that'll lead us to get back to normal and it'll it'll be almost treated like the seasonal flu was treated before COVID started. So, um, thankfully, the players that are testing positive across the league and the coaches that are testing positive, everyone seems to be, most if not everyone, uh, seems to be only mildly affected, which is good. Um, But from a football standpoint – we're in dire straits right now, and and yep. and I think that the NFLPA uh, and the NFL need to get together and do what they need to do to ensure players are safer. We're catching this quicker, and we don't have more people getting affected for football and non-football reasons. You take it it, away, Mike
2: exactly, jeez and I, I'll, I'll say this, and I know we, we have to move on. I, I've been talking to players, you know, so, some of these players that I that I speak to, you know, they have COVID or they have they have had COVID, and One guy said to me, Mike, just imagine this, right? You take a test, right? And this test says that you failed, okay? But you feel amazing. You feel great. You have no symptoms. And somebody's telling you, you cannot play. And he was telling me how hard that is to deal with. Now, I I know there's a global pandemic and you want to save lives, although I'm, I'm not taking anything away from it. But I do think it's very difficult for a player Who has no symptoms who is there and a test says that you can't play and he's like well i'm sitting out but i feel great that's been the sentiment i'm getting from guys and like there are some guys who've gotten real sick from it but for the most part the guys that i've I've talked to they're they're just like dude this is like i'm in the twilight zone but you got to deal with it and you got to move on
1: 36 positives on monday more rolling in as uh we're recording this and going throughout the week um We'll see where it goes i mean it's 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 a non-football story and it's also a football story and we'll continue a
2: football story, man.
1: to monitor it for you um so i guess everything has to have an asterisk next to it because who knows by the time you're reading this we may have had even more guys or are reading this <laughs> hello listening to this may have had even more guys but i was because I was reading while I was talking, that's what happened there. So oh. let's let's just after this game on Monday, um, just kind of look at the overall NFC Wild Card because that was a, That that had a huge impact. You got the Rams sneaking up on the on the Cardinals now, one game behind them. That's a big difference, okay? You uh you you, you either host the game or you're going to Dallas, and Dallas might be getting their mojo back slowly but surely. Uh, and then you win that game, you're gonna have to go on the road again and play. I don't know Tampa Bay, Green Bay, depending on how it all falls. We got three teams tied at the top: Green Bay, Arizona, Tampa. Um, Mike Rob, if I said to you the one team out of those three, and throw Dallas in there, throw Dallas in there at nine and four, gotta throw Dallas in there. Yeah. Um, Oh hell, throw the Rams in there. We got five teams: ten and three or nine and four. Home field advantage would mean the most to who? Green Bay? I think. uh, No, I'm going to say the
2: Arizona Cardinals. I really do, and I think it's again like we talked about at the beginning of the show. It's about the style of offense in which they play. They play a style of offense that involves a lot of space. Um, uh, It it involves timing and anticipation. It involves um, some trickery, so so to speak, to kind of fool the defense. And when you have the perfect situation, the perfect conditions out there in Arizona, out there in Glendale, it makes this offense, you know, it gives this offense an advantage. Again, the reason why I had issues with the Arizona Cardinals was because if they had to go to Green Bay, if green bay ends up getting that number 1 seed and they have to go to green bay i'm not so sure this style of offense that air raid style of offense can truly be effective in the cold weather right uh when yes defenses are going to kind of know what you're doing but you're going to have to be able to run the ball you're going to have to be able to move people off a spot to be able to run the football that's always been how you run the football in play off football and I, i'm just not so sure that the arizona cardinals can do that so Going with that, you know, that thought process to me, they need to win the NFC uh, the most. They need that 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 number one seed. And you look at this past Monday, night, Monday night, to me, they they let a big opportunity go to put the rest of the NFC on notice and, yeah. uh, and the division that they, you know that they own right now by putting the Los Angeles Rams away. That's something they didn't do, Jesus.
1: Yeah, I think that that's the picture that you have, right? Like uh, in Green Bay, because of the conditions out of all these teams, certainly has the advantage from an element standpoint. And so who can go in there? Somebody can go in there that can punch you in the mouth, that can run the football, that can play physical defense. You know, Tampa fits that bill. Tampa did it last year. I mean, certainly yeah, they did. did it once. They could do it again. Dallas, if they're on their game, can be that team. Uh, the Rams, if they're on their game, can be that team the San Francisco 49ers if they're on their game can That's be that I'm team. Saying, they can. The team that doesn't seem to fit it is the Arizona Cardinals. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's probably your knee-jerk reaction because oh, desert team going up and playing in a, uh, a frozen tundra, right? But but if, from a style of play <laughs> standpoint, it certainly makes sense. Now, now should Tampa uh or Dallas have the home field advantage or even the Rams, then Arizona says, "Okay, these are places that are either indoors or it's good weather, we can play our style of football." So, you know, I, I,
2: would, I would Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this, man. Um, And again, I know we're talking about the, the NFC right now. Do you think that Aaron Rodgers toe injury is going to come back to kind of be an issue later on in the season, affecting the number one seed that they could possibly get? Uh, Because well, hold on. he played well last week, but he talked about it being worse after the game. Well, yeah, and
1: it's 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 not going away. It's no, not going
2: not, away. That's what I'm saying. It's not going away, man and well, And it can affect you
1: later on, well, listen, i I don't love the seventeenth game. I don't love the seventh playoff team, okay? from a from a regular season standpoint. But here's what I like. Now only one team gets to buy. I think that's fair. I think that's a good thing. Versus the team that comes in second in the conference, getting to get a week off. It's like, well, wait a minute. You know, how, how come they should be afford that? They didn't win the, the conference. So that's the only thing I like about the recent expansion of everything that I really like is only one team gets the buy. He gets the buy. He can rest up that toe again and then go in. You know, then, then you're feeling a lot better. So I, I think that's why it's important to Green Bay, not only the home field advantage, but also the buy. So back to the other question. Yeah. I think it's most important to Green Bay home field advantage because those other teams, you know, it's good weather or a dome, not to say that you want to go on the road, but certainly the teams are worried about, hey, we don't want to go to Lambeau. You know, I know the Bucs are probably even feeling that way. We don't want to go to Lambeau. If we don't have to, we'd like to, to play home where it's nice and comfortable. Tom Brady, all of a sudden, after playing in the cold for how many years, now says he doesn't <laughs> like playing in the cold. And that's partly why he said. Now, the only thing that's weird about this whole thing is Arizona's undefeated on the road and been struggling at home. I have no idea why. So everything we just talked about, I just poked a huge hole in it. But I, I still think, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I still think it holds up and hope and and i didn't waste the last 5 minutes of your life listening no, to that.
2: You're good, you're All right, you good, man. You good.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And
1: I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one on one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have ticked it all?
0: I said, I said OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college think I ain't it?
1: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today.
1: All right, where are we here? Uh, what else do we want to talk AFC? about? Uh, we can go to the AFC. Well, let's go to the AFC. Let's start with Thursday night. Um, Chiefs, Chargers. Um, Big game. I feel like – tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like people were still not on board with the Chiefs being back until this past – until they smashed the Raiders. I feel like – and they've been rolling for a little bit. And they've been clicking. They've been looking like they're they're getting their, their, their groove back. And for some reason, I still think people weren't bought in. So many people I saw, oh, the Raiders are going to give them a tough time, blah, 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 whatever. And now it's like once they put their foot on their throat of the Raiders, they went – Oh there they are. That's the <laughs> Chiefs we recognize. You agree?
2: Uh, well, I think yes, I do agree and I think people thought that way because they this version, this year's version of the Kansas City Chiefs, they just hadn't been blowing teams out like we're accustomed to seeing them, right? They've been just kind of playing teams close, they've been winning games, but now they put up a 48 burger, a 48 piece up on a up on a group the, the the Las Vegas Raiders who I don't I like Yannick and Gakway. But this was the dumbest thing that they could have done. Why would you stand on a team's logo to try to 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 have to call the team up? You just don't do that. And then I heard KJ Wright say, "Yeah, you know, it was kind of weird. I would have been pissed off if I was on other. Well, then don't go to the middle of the field, right? Just say no. We're not doing that, man. Like, don't like. To me, they should have got their ass whipped. I'm just gonna be honest. They should have. You don't do that. And I think they would have lost the game anyway. But um. <laughs> yeah you stand on somebody's logo you're gonna lose you deserve to lose well,
1: okay let's 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 okay. I, I was in a hockey locker room i think it may have been the the devils or the rangers covering them one time and it was like don't don't walk on the logo don't walk on the lo- i'm like i'm in the locker room doing interviews i'm gonna walk on the lo- no don't walk on the logo They're like nuts about it okay and, and i know hockey guys are a little okay um but this is intentional, right? We're going to have our meeting right on the logo at midfield. I covered a game last year where the Titans did that in Baltimore. John Harbaugh lost his mind before the game. Titans actually still wound up winning that game, okay, which was, <laughs> you know, hey, we stomped in your logo and then we beat you in overtime on a long run right by Derrick Henry. What is it about the logo thing, you as well, a former player, that well, gets keep get people going?
2: It's just disrespect, right? And if, if we're trying to get, you know, the taunting and all that type of stuff out of football, you can't – flag a guy for looking at a, for just looking at the sideline in game. And then pregame, everybody stands on the logo. I mean, to me, you're sending different messages. And then from a player standpoint to see a team feel like that they are going to just stand on the logo. No, that's, this is our field. That logo represents us. It's kind of like mm-hmm. um, if somebody is throwing dirt on your family name or something like that, not real dirt, but you know, putting some mm-hmm. drama onto your family name, like you're going to defend it. That's how we look at the middle of the field. That's how we look at our logo in the middle of the field. Jeez, it may seem like a small thing, but it's a huge thing, bro.
1: Yeah, I, it's it's obviously what it represents because once the ball is snapped, you're running all over that logo and you're stomping holes in it with your cleats. GZ, and also, it's not that's not, about, not
2: the point. Okay? I, I
1: I'm, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm that's just saying it's it's obviously the intent of what they're doing rather than the actual disruption of the grass. <laughs>
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, you, it's not about the disruption of the grant. But look, you, you talk about locker room, I got a yeah. Joe Paterno story, bro. We had a we had a big uh S in the middle of the locker room. We didn't let people uh you step on it, you had to do push-ups, right? And Joe one time stepped on it, right? And Anthony Adams, Big Spice who uh is the funny guy on the internet or whatever, yeah. literally ran over to Joe and was like, "You got some more push-ups, do the push ups do the push-up, do the push-ups." And Joe was like, "Huh?" I can't do push ups because my rotator cups messed up. I messed it up in golf 10 years ago. I'm like, damn, and it's still messed up, Joe. So he did sit ups, bro. He did 40 <laughs> sit ups and he fought it, bro. It was hilarious. We died laughing. The whole thing <laughs> died, bro. He fought it and it was loud and we heard it. It was <laughs> hilarious, dog. Hilarious.
1: hold on hold on have you ever told this story
2: no not like in public no i've said wait a second
1: (laughs) we do we do a you gotta tell a locker room story every time we do this podcast i feel like that should have been right out of the gate for you that's the best locker room story
2: about it i totally forgot about it bro but yeah we was going out to practice it was i think it was my redshirt freshman year and he walked on it literally he knew not to walk on it. A, a, a part of his penny loafer walked yeah. on it, and Spice was all over. Spice was the dude that, like, you know, in the shower, was buck naked, like, you know, put water in his mouth and slide across the slide across the shower floor, springing water out of his mouth. <laughs> Spice, that guy. He's the funny guy in the locker room, always has been. And Spice jumped on Joe, and Joe started doing this about his rotator cup, and I remember Joe doing those sit-ups. And when he fought it, Jeezy, <laughs> oh, my goodness, it smelled like mulch. I will never forget Wait it. The- <laughs> I it's will a never gag. forget it because he was a legendary coach. It was my dude. Last thing about Joe, because I love Joe so much, last thing about Joe, we were playing um, for the Big Ten title at Michigan State my senior year. Okay, and if you ever – Michigan State's locker room was probably different now. They didn't. didn't lost that game late, right? No, we won that game. Not the Michigan game, the no, Michigan, Michigan State game.
1: I'm thinking. Of, I went to the Michigan State, Penn State, and East Lansing. Maybe it was 2007. So maybe that's
2: because we wanted we wanted um, after the 2005 yeah. season. Okay, and um, it was no stalls in the locker room, bro. No stalls. Like you know, you just saw, had toilets, and it was uh, it was right before pregame. It was silent in there, and Joe runs into the bathroom, and I'm in there just looking at the mirror, <laughs> doing my Superman pose, all that stuff, and he gets on the toilet, bro. <laughs> Wait, what? And he goes bananas on the toilet. And all I heard was those damn hot dogs. And I'm like, Joe, dude, there's no stalls, man. You want me to get out? He's like, it's all right, it's all right. And then he proceeds to have a conversation with me about the game plan that we're going on against Michigan State. And I'm like, Joe, I don't feel like talking to you right now, dude. You're sitting, like, literally, like everything's out right now and I don't want to talk to you about it. So that's my, I'm finished saying my Joe Patrono stories, man but i just thought that was it was funny man It was a legendary coach no stalls he just got diarrhea and it's all over the place
1: <laughs> how am i supposed to talk about the afc playoff picture after this
2: Who is going to kill me for saying that story but it's all good okay. did she listen to the pod yes of course she listens okay, to everything
1: well, i do man i'm sure she's got plenty of at- <laughs> You on one today? What's going on here? I am on one G Z and you know it. I'm in LA, baby. Let's get it. Let's All right. It. How about, how about, you know, a lot of stuff expands your mind, right? And allows yes. you to remember things that you yes. had previously forgotten. Um what the hell you want to go after this one. Oh wait, we did cheap two- playoff we did, Oh, back up, back up, back up. To me. First of all, we're, Chief, the Chiefs have given up nine points exactly in the last three games. Nine to the Cowboys, nine to the Broncos, nine to the Raiders. That's got to be some kind of scorigami. People love scorigami. But when they gave up nine to the Cowboys, I understand the Cowboys were were, were down uh, a couple of receivers in that game. Yes. A couple of, the top two receivers they were top down. Top two. But still, all of a sudden, like that defense looked like it was clicking. And I said, okay, we're, the, I'm not concerned about the offense. The offense will be back. It'll be back. That defense is clicking. As I continue to, I'm not even going to say it. You know what I'm going to say about Spaggs' defense early in the season versus late in the season. But the what, point what, is,
2: what about what about it? Is it something like?
1: Is it is well,
2: it yes, install um, thing? Like he's not installing certain stuff till later
1: in the season? Like it? it's a very good, you know. I, and I keep saying it because I don't have to. Hey, we're on the pod; we got time. It's for various reasons over the years with Spags. Sometimes, like let's let's go back to their Super Bowl season two years ago. He had just gotten there. So they were learning him. He was learning them. And once they did and once they trusted him later in the season, it was like, okay, now you know why you're doing things. And now you were executing as a unit. This year, it's been mostly about injuries. And they had to move you, Chris Jones on the outside, which yep. you didn't love early in the season because they had to. Okay. Now guys are getting healthy and he can move back inside. Now he's on the COVID list I saw today. Um, he's another guy that's going to be down, So that's going to hurt them. Um but um this year it was mostly about and i tell listen the one thing he won't tell me as a factor is him he won't point them say oh i say i'm having a great year or i did this mm-hmm. or they're really finally buying into what i was saying just- it's not he'll never do that he'll always credit the players and to this year he said look these guys weren't getting reps together now they're getting reps in the right spot they're getting that continuity guys have been back so that's what it's been about this year i mean go back to 07 with the giants was kind of like what I mentioned with the Chiefs. He had just gotten there, and they needed to learn to trust him, and he to trust them, and what the, you know, figure out who they are. Uh, but for whatever reason, and and I think a lot of times year over year, Belichick's always been this way too. The Patriots yes, have been has. this way. Yes, they use September. They use has. September to kind of figure out who they are. Now they had Tom Brady for however many years, and they've been very talented, so they were winning games a lot of times while doing that. So to them, like a three and one start. They still hadn't quite figured out who they are. okay. Mm -hmm. but then you get the years where they got off the slow starts because the Tom Brady was gone last year (laughs) or this year. You got Mac Jones and he's finding his way. Well, this year, you know, and we probably buried them. I definitely buried them too early this year. We forgot that that's an element of what they do.
2: Well, the reason why I buried them early and then, you know, I really didn't believe in them over the last couple of weeks because I thought maybe the Patriots were peaking too early. But, it, you know, in time or tell, whether they've peaked too early or not. But I want to go back to Kansas City just for a second, yep. talking about the AFC. Um, look, and you mentioned Bill Belichick and New England Patriots. I, I do think the, the, the trick about success, sustained success in this league for a long time is reinventing yourself or press and reset every single year. Right. Mm-hmm. Last year, ain't the same as this year. It's a new team, whether we have the same faces, the same some of the same guys, but it's still a new team. And I think. This year's version of the Kansas City Chiefs looked at look at looked at themselves offensively and said, hey, we got Patrick Mahomes. He's paid. We got Tyreek Hill. We got Travis Kelsey. We got a young running back in the backfield. We got this new these new offensive line pieces who have been dominant individually where they were. And people and I think the team just said, OK, Pat Mahomes and, and Andy Reid and Eric Benamy, I mean, they're going to win the games for us. And I think they kind of forgot about working. And I think after the bye week, you see him come out and this defense looks looks like they're playing like this team is winning games because of the defense. And to me, I think that I think that they have that ability to be able to win games because of the de- because of the defense. I thought picking up Melvin Ingram was a huge um, uh, was a huge pickup for mm-hmm. him because like you talked about now, Chris Jones can go back inside. So. I don't think nobody in the AFC wants to play the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they're the hottest team in the AFC right now. If I also looked at the AFC, because where the AFC sits right now, New England at number one, Tennessee at number two. And I'm not sure I believe in the Tennessee Titans, man, without Derrick Henry. um, I don't believe in uh, Ryan Tannehill to be able to consistently, um, you know, play winning quarterback play throughout the rest of the season without that run game. You have Kansas City with the number three seed, Baltimore at the number four seed who – Man, you look at Baltimore. Without Lamar Jackson, I mean, I mean, they could fall off the cliff. And then the Chargers, Indy, and Buffalo, who the Chargers, Indy, and Buffalo. I can't believe my Buffalo is a seven seed. But Chargers, Indy, and Buffalo, those three teams, they're scary in, in, in themselves. The Chargers can beat you. The Colts beat you up physically. And Buffalo has a strong arm quarterback in Josh Allen, who who, who almost won, single-handedly beat, won the game this past week. So, the, to yeah. me, the AOC is loaded. I just don't know who the best team. I would have to give it to Kansas City
1: um chargers i want to hit before we uh, specifically justin herbert um the throw to uh Jalen guyton uh 64 yards yards. yeah Yeah. 64 yards in the air uh stafford had one on monday that was 60 yards in the air if i counted correctly big if um (laughs) but what was it about that throw that just it was more the eye test right it was more that last five yards it was still accelerating It was still accelerating. It was still
2: speeding up its spin. And the fact that he had pressure bearing down on him, I mean, guys can't do that, make that throw in shorts. You know, there's some NFL quarterbacks who can't make that throw in shorts with nobody even covering them without a guy coming at you. For Justin Herbert to be able to make some of these throws like that with guys bearing down on him, to me, that's what makes him elite, right? Now, what has to happen now is him and the team around him, they just have to be consistent. They have to be more consistent because some weeks you see Justin Herbert go out there, throw four touchdowns and throw for almost 400 yards and we're trying to make him the MVP. And then other weeks he throws two or three interceptions and you, you, you wonder where's the disconnect. Uh,
1: I want to hit one more game before we get out of here. Uh, and it is the set. We got Saturday football back, which I feel like we should have probably started last week. I know the army Navy game gets the, the the platform, but I would have been okay with NFL games last week. Um, the Vegas-Cleveland game is just – its we don't even know what that's going to look like at this point as we're taping this pod with all these guys being rolled out. So let's just go right to New England-Indianapolis. Uh, and um, I think both – yeah, both teams coming off a bye, which is – sounds nice, but it's a long way to get to that bye. I think coaches like it right in the middle of the season. This one feels like it's nice to have a break in December, but, man, it's really late. Um, I like the late time, what, personally. <laughs> what's that? I like the late buy personally. Yeah, but it was it's so, but you're so beat up getting to it. I mean, I, I, I cover an Eagles team closely, and they were like, it feels like forever to get to this buy. Whereas the latest you would have a buy was pre-Thanksgiving before. Now, now all of a sudden we're getting these buys late. It used to be everybody was playing on Thanksgiving. That was it. That was the end of the buys. Now we're we got the Christmas trees up. What do you what do you put up for solstice, Mike? Rob, do you decorate what do for, I solstice? Up
2: for solstice? Yeah, what I is, put for solstice?
1: What does your household put up
2: for solstice? Well, so I, I have to I have to people have to understand uh, I don't necessarily celebrate Christmas, and so that's what Jesus is referring to. I celebrate the solstice, which happens usually December 20th, twenty first. It's when the sun does not go across the sky all the way; it kind of stays at its lowest point. And when you do the research, that's what the whole Christmas thing was based off of. But we're not going to go there, Jeezy.
1: I think we just well, did. that's basically I, it yeah Go
2: ahead. that's basically it so how I celebrate it um we do a lot of fellowship and we bring people over um I tell I tell um you know the the, the solstice story kind of like I did in a uh, in a nutshell right there for you guys I do it uh for my kids. Uh, and our kid and, um, me and my wife, we exchange gifts with the kids on solstice, not Christmas. And then on Christmas Day, the actual um, December twenty fifth, we go to a homeless shelter or something like that. We feed the homeless. We feed people less uh, fortunate than us. Because to us, um, you know, solstice and the Christmas holiday is about giving, is not about receiving. And when you again, Jeezy, when you do the research, people you notice back in ancient times, people used to die during the winter okay so um it was all about you know giving gifts to people and making sure people were safe and warm and in a in a, a great headspace mentally to go on with the rest of the year so that's how we celebrate this Christmas solstice holiday
1: yeah great uh, great answer I love it um but the do you put anything up though do you deck is there a decoration or is not there really. like not, or something ornamental maybe
2: not really I put up no. well, okay my daughter likes to put up pictures and stuff we may put up pictures
1: but but you know you know uh uh, um more to your point of christmas has uh uh mundane what's the mundane uh, natural origins what's the word there's a word i'm looking for it ain't coming the christmas tree used to be because it was so cold and dank and dark in the house that they would go out and get a tree just to have life in the house and that became over the years the christmas tree i think it was the uh, Norwegians or who was it? Somebody did it.
2: Some uh, the Norwegians were were a big part of it, but you also got to understand. Self uh, says
1: the Germans. I'm not sure about that. Tom, yeah, I mean, yeah, come
2: on, self. I don't know about that one. But uh from my understanding of the Christmas tree, I know this podcast just got off the rails. Now from that's my all right. Of it makes it better. Okay, there's this little um, the, 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 the the pine cone which grows on the Christmas tree is literally the same shape of your pineal gland, right? And so um, you know I'm going spiritual here, Jeezy. And from my understanding of the Christmas holiday and Saturnalia, who with the Romans celebrated and all of those things, um, mushrooms grow on coniferous trees. Mushrooms grow on. Um, Christmas, like under Christmas trees it grows on their roots. And so uh, the ancients like to go, like to get to different uh, levels of consciousness through those mushrooms. And so that's where that came from p- uh, Christmas presents under the tree. Okay. And I hope I don't yeah. get that answer. Yeah, it is what it is.
1: Well, I was too busy. So I'm going to give self partial credit because the modern <laughs> Christmas tree began with the Germans, but we were talking about what they, and apparently back to ancient Egypt and the Romans, yeah, just when it, when in doubt, just say e- e- Egyptians and Romans. Um, we may have some Italians and Egyptians involved in the Colts' uh, patch game. As I try to transition back to that, I don't know. <laughs> I have to check the nationalities job, <laughs> of, of the players involved in this game. The horseshoe, maybe the horseshoe was uh, a, a, a Egyptian thing. Anyway, um, okay. let's talk about this game. Big game. Uh, we got, I, self is now just texting. Irish. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about Colts Patriots. Give me something you want to, I mean, what what are we looking for from, from these guys?
2: Well, first of all, you you already know how Bill Belichick does defense, right? He, whatever you do well, offensively, he forces you to play left-handed. Obviously the Colts are led by their running attack. And look, I'm not so sure that the Patriots have the dogs up front to really be able to stop the the, the Patriots rushing attack. And I can't wait to see it. I think the safeties are going to have to be involved um, in in the run game, in defending the run game, which is going to open up some opportunities for Carson Wentz throwing the ball down the football field. Now, to me, this goes to Frank Wright. I think Frank Wright made a grave mistake when he played the Buccaneers a few weeks ago, right? He figured, hey, they have a great uh, uh, run uh, rush defense. So we're going to try to trick them and start off throwing the football and not give the ball to the best running back in the league until later on in the game. I mm-hmm. think you you come out, run Jonathan Taylor from the beginning and make the New England Patriots force you into another game plan. I think if you do that, I think the Patriots get a win. I mean, I think the, uh, the Indianapolis Colts get a win.
1: Feels like forever since the Colts have played because they've had the bye and then there was that Houston game that we barely paid attention to. So that Tampa Bay game, which is in late November, uh, is the one that uh, we're, 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 we pretty much remember, but it feels like forever ago. Uh, you're right. Yeah, I think they need to play from ahead. They don't want to play from behind. They don't want to make Carson Wentz, um, who I think has played well this year. Uh, I don't want to make him throw throw him the victory. You'd rather have him comfortable throwing off a play action when you're playing from the lead i think that's what you want to see if you're the colts if they're behind early i think they're in a bad spot against this patriots team so this first quarter of this game the uh, first half of this game going to be extremely important for the indianapolis colts um any other uh one thing yeah. in that game and then we can go man jc jackson
2: um going up against um the young receiver for the colts number 11 Pittman. I was what is, what is I knew his name. Michael before. Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman Jr. To me, that matchup is going to be a matchup to watch. JC Jackson has the ability to literally erase wide receivers from a game plan. So check that out.
1: Yep. Uh, having a phenomenal year. Guy making a statement to get paid, certainly to happen in the near future. Uh, that has been this edition of Total Access, The Locker Room. For more insight with a locker room point of view, check out the latest episodes on Apple and Spotify.